0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: In the Jack and Jones Stratter Studio in beautiful CCM at the University of Cincinnati. It's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actress Erica Schroeder, and your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now here's your host. He is the 2011 BearCast Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Mr. Dennis Daniel
0: Boys and girls, and children of all ages, you successfully synchro summon BearcastRadio.com's greatest talk show segment. I am talking, of course, of the Dennis Daniel Show. I am your host. I am the original summoner of the Black Rose Dragon. Well, no, I'm more of a horse, the Black Flame Dragon guy myself, and Bearcast Radio's Lifetime Achievement Award winner for 2011, Dennis Daniel. And folks, I'm excited. Summer is finally here, which means only one thing for BearCast Radio and the All Taste Explosion. I am talking, of course, of the All Taste Explosion, Summer of Bigger, biggerness. Two 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 2 whats the Summer of Bigger, biggerness? Two 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 two. 2 2 I'm glad you asked. The Summer of Bigger Biggerness 222222... Okay, we'll stop doing that. The Summer of Bigger Biggerness is our annual summer season here on BearCastRadio.com. And we try to push the envelope and make it the biggest and the best interviews that we can give you for this summer. And we're excited because we are on the road to Otacon. And tonight we make our first stop with our special guest. Because tonight on the Dennis Daniels Show we welcome voice actress Erica Schroeder. Now, for those of you who don't know who Erica Schroeder is, she's best known as a popular four kids voice actress and has done roles such as Akiza Izinski from Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, the replacement for My Valentine in the Seal of Ori Kalko saga on the original Yu-Gi-Oh! And she stars as Rai from the hit Tai Chi Chasers, which you can catch Saturdays on the CW4 Kids Toonzai. Eye. Now, folks, I love Erica Schroeder because she's just so awesome. She's got that voice that once you know it's her, boom, you're hooked in. It's like euphoric when you hear her voice because, hey, you know who that is. And I'm excited because she heard our um, interview with Veronica Taylor last year, a fan posted it to our website, and she actually had this to say. Dennis and his sidekick... John Pokemon, are pretty stellar. He's got a lot of talent, and I look forward to watching him grow. Well, when I see that, I go, she's joking, right? Has she listened to the show? And I, I think, no, nah, no, nah, someone's pulling my leg. And then I see she likes the Dennis Daniels Show, our Facebook page, at facebook.com slash Dennis Daniels Show. Really? And I think, well, maybe she's confusing me with someone else. And I actually did a Google search. And there is another Dennis Daniel who does radio. And this is kind of scary now. Because what if my entire life, my destiny to be the world's greatest radio personality is just a mere copy of what this Dennis Daniel has done? Is my own existence as a radio personality nothing more than the dream child of the original Dennis Daniel on radio? Nah, I don't think he interviewed Kaiba and John Cena and Fonzie. Maybe he did. Did he duel Kaiba? I don't think so. I I think I still hold that record at least. But anyway, folks, Erica Schroeder is so great that I cannot do justice describing her. And oddly enough, she sent us a demo reel. Normally, I'd make the demo reel, but here she comes. She's got her own demo reel. So let's go ahead and check out what makes Erica Schroeder so incredible.
1: So if you're really such a big fan of Professor Oaks, why don't you try and answer this one? What type of attacks are most effective against flying Pokémon? But don't think that you've won yet, new kid. Battle is all about
0: technique. Whoa! Oops is right. You should respect your elders. Give me a hundred push-ups for rudeness, shorty
1: <laughs> Zeke's little booby-trap friends might have doomed us all if your power hadn't grown so strong. My young protege Anna is both a beloved apprentice and a charming woman worthy of marrying into the Asakura family. You could say she resembles
0: me in practically every way ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll be handling this from here so you and your team can move on to other matters. We prefer to avoid unnecessary fighting and just complete our assignment. Now go, team! Right! Roy! I am
0: Camula, the dream catcher of the Shadow Realm. <laughs> I know. Why don't we go to Ralph's house? His mom bakes blueberry pies and leaves them on the windowsill. I trust you all rested well. Today will be very challenging. You are about to learn the most sought-after sorcery in the land. How to
1: turn your broomstick into candy. What do you mean? The real fun is just getting started here. We want to go to a spa. Take us to a spa, or else we won't leave.
0: This is
1: wonderful. Ah. Ding-dong-dash, trick-or-treat. Yeah, this is the part where your dream ends and your nightmare begins. We're gonna whip you so hard. When you wake up, your clothes will be back in style.
0: (laughs) I liked that vampire chick. She's a babe, but when she opens her mouth all the way, I got a quote book. T I go when I see her open her mouth, I go, what the hell? But anyway, folks, let's get right down to it. This is awesome. My guest tonight is a popular voice actress for 4Kids. She's best known as Akiza Zinski from Yu Gi Oh! 5Ds, Dark Magician Girl from the original Yu Gi Oh!, Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece, and you can catch her as Rai in Tai Chi Chasers every Saturday on the CW 4Kids Toon's Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, give it up. She is the one, the only Miss Erica Schroeder! <laughs> Thank you and welcome to this Daniel Show.
1: How's it going, Dennis? I can't complain,
0: and I'm actually really excited to have you on the program. We've gotten a lot of requests to have you on. I gotta ask you one question. Mhm. Are you serious, bro?
1: I mean, I, have you I listened really, to us? Honest, I have a confession to make. What? I thought your name was Denny Daniels. I thought this was a Denny Daniels show.
0: Well, no, that's my uh, nickname. I think Denny. I may
1: have to hang up and.
0: Call him. No. What? No. No, no, no. There is another Dennis Daniel out there who's into radio, and that kind of scares me a little. So I was worried that maybe, you know, you're mistaking me for him. No, you no. Know, no. I, I can give you his contact info, and you can talk to him about this, but.
1: Maybe I could get a date with him
0: sometime. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Yes. yes, it's true. I know. I'm as elusive as Robert Denby, and no one even <laughs> knows who the hell that is. <laughs> Oh, gosh, yes. But anyway, again, this is truly a huge honor. You know, you've been in a lot of great stuff, and a lot of the stuff when I was in high school. You know, I, I mean, I could tell you every every day I would watch Yu-Gi-Oh! And in the episode that you were in, of course, you you played Mana and possibly the hottest trading card of all time, Dark Magician Girl. Mmm. Okay.
1: it's is pretty hot. Little
0: weird, little weird, but comes with the territory.
1: Yes. But anyway... What got you
0: interested in voice acting?
1: I I had always been interested in voice acting. I I was a cartoon fan as a young girl, and um, I just loved to watch every cartoon that was on, and uh, I liked to impersonate lots of them. And uh, I liked to impersonate singers, I liked to impersonate comedians, and uh, even as a, a young child, I developed some of my own characters and things like that, and... I had a couple, you know, dreams as a child. One was to be, excuse me, on Broadway. One was to be a cartoon character. And um, the other one was to be on Saturday Night Live, but that was when it was good. So I kind of gave up that dream. Uh, And I kind of changed it to Mad TV, and I started doing uh, improv sketch comedy and stuff like that. But that's like a whole other can of worms. And you just, that takes years and years and years to perfect that, that, uh, Technique, so I kind of decided to stick with what I know best, which is you know, you know, regular acting for theater and acting for voiceover. So <clears throat> I don't I don't know how to exactly answer that. I mean, I I had my first audition at four kids for a, a show called Ultraman Tiga uh, as a character of Raina, and um, I was really shocked to get it honestly because. I, uh, they didn't know I did all these, you know, other voices and stuff, and they kind of cast me as uh, my own voice, and uh, it was surprising, and that kind of opened the door, and then, you know, I I started working with um, lots of different studios in New York, um, I don't know, 10 to 15 of them for a couple years, on and off, you know, favoring certain studios at certain times, and then uh, and then I got a voiceover agent was working with Abrams artists. They're so great. And uh, I don't know. That's kind of how it all got started.
0: That's a pretty cool story. I mean, well, you wouldn't want to be on Saturday Night Live now because, to quote it a, a famous character, if you were on it now, you'd probably end up living in a
1: van down by the river. I don't even watch it. I thought Mad TV a few years back. I mean, it's not on air anymore, but when Alex was on there and... Uh, Michael, what's his name, who played Stewart?
0: Uh, I
1: thought that was show was absolutely brilliant with that cast. I mean, just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ar- yeah. Right. Artie Lang on there, and Phil Lamar and Of yeah. course, of course, a lot of them go on to do to voice acting. I mean, Alex Borstein is Lois Griffin and Family Guy, and it's Phil phenomenal. Lamar's doing various shows now. And it, it was a pretty good show. I, I especially liked it when Frank Caliendo was on, because I just like Frank's impression. <laughs> he gets so many of them dead on, and it's so funny.
1: Yeah, he's he's pretty amazing.
0: So what kind of education do you have in acting?
1: Well, um, my formal education from NYU, I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting, and um, I went to the musical theater studio for three years. That, that was called Cap 21. The concentration was... You know, in musical theater performance, but it was like a ton of dance training, a ton of a- acting training, and um, and then as you got on in later years, there was more courses you know designed specifically for musical theater. And um, I did that studio for three years, and then at NYU you have to do like a primary studio for two years, and then after that you can switch or you can stay in an advanced in a particular studio. So I stayed in it advanced for one year, and then I decided to. Um, go back to my other love which is Shakespeare and I went to the classical studio first semester and that was um, pretty much just just all Shakespeare and it was great I got to play um, Viola and Twelfth Night which is like one of my favorite plays of all times and I had done Olivia in high school so it was very cool to do all the same scenes but the other character Um, that was a very very cool experience and then my last semester I did in film and television just because I really wanted to get, I never had a taste of that, and I wanted to see what that was like and what that felt like. So, um, yeah, thats that was my formal education.
0: That's well, pretty cool doing all that cool Shakespeare.
1: Alas, poor York, I knew him.
0: Well, not really.
1: I knew him well.
0: I didn't know him that well. <laughs> didn't know him on a first-name basis. <laughs> BearCastRadio.com, this is the Denith Show. We've got voice actress Erica Schroeder on the air. Now, how do you prepare to audition for a role?
1: Um, well it depends on the role and it depends on the medium. What 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 would you say it's for? Theater or for um Well, let's
0: do voice acting. This is a voice acting okay. talk show.
1: That makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh it depends. Sometimes I I you know I auditioned for this pilot called The Moodsters, um that I don't think has been picked up yet, but oh, what a great show for like three and four year olds um teaching them about their emotional life and kind of had to control their temper and things like that um that one i got the script in advance and i was able to uh you know work on it at home and think about what i wanted to do and how i wanted to present the character you think about your um personality the personality that's coming across in in the writing and then you also think about how to best manifest that in in a voice you know if this character is melancholy you know the voice might be a little bit lower and a little bit wavering and things like that. So, um, and then sometimes, it, most of the time, ninety, ninety percent of the time, you walk in and you get sides in a waiting room. Sides is, is a slang for a portion of the script, in case anybody didn't know that. And you, you're seeing that for the first time, and you audition like maybe five, ten minutes from then. And unless you want to be thought of as completely insane, you're not rehearsing anything out loud. <laughs> and also because it would be annoying to the other actors waiting in the room, but you're pretty much thinking, um, what, you know, what voices do I have in my back pocket? How can I modify them to to, to fit this character? Um, and then you also think, you know, what's my first instinct? And then what would my second instinct be in case, you know, director or the producer is not really into that idea that you have, you know, um, And then you go in there and you play, hopefully. Hopefully there are playful people that are, you know, if you're excited about the material, they get excited about the material and you can just kind of bounce off of each other and find the best voice for that character. Sometimes they'll even let you record, you know, two or three takes if you're very passionate and say, you know, I've got a completely different idea for this character and I want to try something totally different. You know, can I do another take? And nine times out of ten they'll say, absolutely. they want you to be excited about it and try new things.
0: Well, that demo reel showed that you tried a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And i got to say, I I think I'm in love with some of those uh, characters that you've done. And, oh, my gosh, you have done a – I can't even begin to to name where you start and the characters end. There are just that many awesome characters. Thank you, thank you. And that actually brings us into this next question. Now, I remember this coming out when I was in high school and – Oh, this is crazy. One of your best-known earlier roles was Monkey D. Luffy in the four-kids dubbing of One Piece. What was it like working on the series? And if you've seen it, what do you think of Funimation's redubbing of the series?
1: Okay. Wow, a lot of questions. Um, What what was my experience like? I had a, a wonderful experience. I had an amazing experience working on it. It was different. I'd done... A lot of other shows um, where maybe I wasn't in the original cast, and I was kind of thrown in in season two or season three, um, and then a couple of other shows where I had a, you know a main character, but not, but not the main character. And this was such a huge um, task for four kids to, to take on such a huge show with such a huge reputation. So they really approached it differently than I than we'd ever really approached any other kind of show before in that um, we had a ton of people from Japan with us the first couple weeks. Um, I don't know if Ikiro Oda Oda was there or if he had representatives there. I I honestly don't recall. And I know there were a lot of people there from Toy, and I don't know who exactly. Um, I was a little intimidated at first, to be honest, because I hadn't had that kind of experience yet um, in terms of having a director. You know, you always have the director – the producer um you may have two producers in the first couple weeks and you, and then you have the engineer so you got two, you know two to four personalities and opinions that you're dealing with um this experience there was probably seven to nine maybe in the first couple weeks we actually had board meetings not in the recording studio where we talked about character we talked about the arc we talked about his personality his point of view um, they were very, very, very serious about me getting it right, getting this character's um and this was after all the auditions I went through. you know, I had several auditions with all of them, and uh once I got past that and you know they said, this is the girl we want then then we had to fine tune and perfect um their vision uh in a different language so i i I love um you know, voice matching is something I excel at, but then beyond voice matching, you have to have your own take, your own personality that shines through, so, um, I mean, yeah, I found it very interesting, a little intimidating, but but extremely exciting, and uh, I know that people like, I didn't find this out until way after I did it, because I never paid attention to anything online, I never read anything, I was, you know, too busy with my career, and I'm busy with my career now, but I also am a stay-at-home mom, so I'm trying to balance both, so I have more time to, uh, interact with fans and find out what they're thinking, what, you know, what their point of view is, and, you know, if they like a show, if they don't, and, you know, what the reasons are, um, so I did find out after someone told me that they loathed my laugh on One Piece, which made me a little sad, because I love it, I think it's, I don't know if anybody can, you know, remember, but it's kind of an homage to Woody Woodpecker. It's similar, but different. You know, kind of honoring the memory of uh, that cartoon for me, even though I came out way before I was born. But I I still loved it. Um, And also, uh, that was actually the idea of the producer John Kalish, He said, You know, i really like to have a signature laugh for Luffy. Something that really stands out, something that's different and something that uh that says, you know, this is who this is who he is. Because he's so joyful, he's so exuberant, he's so energetic and so intense. Um and I did several laughs for them and for uh, all the Japanese people that were there, the creators, the um people from Toy and this was the one that they loved, and this was the one that everyone said that's that's the laugh, so I felt pretty confident about it, and I still feel confident about it, and you're never gonna please everybody but um, I mean that's the wonderful thing about about acting and and also being an audience member is that you can love one performance of somebody's and then hate the next and that depends you know it's sometimes it's the actor, sometimes it's the director, sometimes it's the producer. There's many elements that go into creating a character, you know. Um, but overall, <coughs> excuse me, I had a wonderful experience. I had an absolute wonderful experience. I loved working with my director. Um, I I loved the, my main engineer. We just had a fabulous, fabulous time together. We had so much fun. And uh, I think you said the second part of the question was, had I seen the redub? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um I had not seen the redub. Someone a fan, I think a couple months ago, posted a, uh, I think the Luffy's first entrance into the series when as he comes out of the barrel and um and asked me what I thought. I don't remember what they exactly were asking me, but I thought Colleen's performance was very good. I mean, she's a, she's a great actress. So why why shouldn't it be good, you know? Um I think it's totally anyone's right to redub anything they want to redub. And I think that it would have been fun to have the opportunity to to do a more um uncut edgy version. But you know, we were doing it for young children and we had to follow standards and practices very very carefully. And so of course, you know, people who are fans of the show before, you know, the English version would probably, you know, get upset about that. But uh yeah, I mean that's their right and but they also have to understand that if a show is going to air at a certain time it's going to have a certain um appeal to youth and it's gonna have um it's not gonna have all the the gratuitous violence that they would like to see. It's not gonna have some edgy plot lines that they might wanna see. Um and as long as people are willing to to understand that as they're viewing it you know, I think they can really, really enjoy it because uh, life isn't all about um, being shocked or being. You know, it can be about subtleties and it can be about um, enjoying. You know, a softer side of something.
0: Hey, I think I'm going to remember the four kids dub a little bit better because of one line you said as Luffy in One Piece, and that's going to stick in my head for till the end of time, I believe. And that's when that's when you always would say. I'm going to be king of the
1: pirates. Yes, they really like to put that line in there a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Okay. we get it. You want to be the king of the pirates. What's wrong with your voice? Is why like you got kicked in the gum-gum fruits.
1: Well, that's kind of similar to the voice of the original. That was a very scratchy voice. They really liked that. They wanted very boyish, very, um, you know, tough, but also goofy. Goofy loofy. If you can't, you know, embrace that, You've got nothing.
0: And, you know, he's yeah. Hm?
1: joyful, exuberant, goofy.
0: And he's yeah. an actual rubber band man.
1: Yeah. I'm a band man, get down! <laughs> okay,
0: well, you're also best known as Akiza Izinski, or Akiza Zowie, for those complaining about boobs, in a Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. What was it like to voice her, and what do you think of her character?
1: I think her character is immensely intriguing, because... She starts out like uh, I mean I was experiencing the character in real time I did not look up anything ahead of time to see where her arc went to Um, I think that's one of the cool things about um, not doing a play and not doing a musical is you can experience a character in real time and not play um, you know I'm sure you've heard of the term foreshadowing Uh, you can't really play the end if you don't know what the end is which is very exciting, because you have to you have to stay in the moment, and that's one of the things that directors and you know really really want from you, to to play in the moment, to be in the moment, to not be thinking about the next scene or the next you know someone's mother dies and you know two scenes from then, you can't really unless they want you to foreshadow that a bit, you really have to stay in the moment. So that was one of the cool things about voicing Akiza was I was able to. Be in the moment for every episode. Um, and, uh, so she was, I mean, very, I, I would almost call her malevolent at the beginning, very dark, um, very brooding, and, uh, you know, being treated as a monster and having her father tell her she's a monster and having so much pain from, you know, the experience of her family kind of shunning her and kind of trying to get rid of this, you know, evil they thought was inside of her. Um, made everybody, made her view everybody as as, their, as her enemy until, you know, she had a relationship with Sayer who, you know, brought some hope back into her um, and then finally, you know, when she met Yusei he encouraged her to be good and he encouraged her to be a part of normal society and helped her discover her, you know, psychic dualist abilities and her telekinesis and stuff like that um, and it was interesting because when we I started voicing the character with a different director, and you know, I I can't remember if I had two directors or three directors during the entire run, but the original voice was higher, like when she was more evil. Um, her you know her voice was higher, uh, and then as the series went on, uh, she became more real. And more kind and compassion- and compassionate and part of the team, her voice lowered now that was not particularly my choice, but i liked I liked the choice I wasn't the one who said, "Let's settle her voice a little bit lower, let's make her a little more mature." but she was also aging, she was getting older, so that also would be a reason for that to happen. but I think um, Darren Dunstan really wanted a more mature Akiza um with more heart and more um groundedness. So yeah, she she kind of became more grounded and more um real as the series went on and I really enjoyed that transformation.
0: Hey, I gotta say, you know, if the guy that did Pegasus says that to go one way or the other, you should go that way because usually that guy knows what he's talking about. Exactly. And, I mean, you played a whole bunch of great Yu-Gi-Oh! characters. You played Mana from the Egyptian Saga, Dark Magician Girl in in several episodes, and the Yu-Gi-Oh! 3D movie, which was awesome, by the way. You played uh, My Valentine during the uh, Seal of Ori Calco saga when she was off her freaking rocker. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Several characters in GX, you know, which is pretty good. I I like Camille a lot. It's just... Close mouth, not that big freaky deaky mouth. That was uh, you, you got a, you got a total babe. But when she opens her mouth like this, like <laughs> and that laugh was awesome, by the way, that laugh. And then of course in Five D you played Akiza, and you also played Zora, who kind of reminds me of a Granny Clamour from the Beverly Hillbillies. So I wanted to see her go around going, Jed. <laughs> I know. I know,
1: I know. Struggle what you say. Akiva, Jed. I like that character. She was so ridiculous. I love to play ridiculous characters. Over-the-top characters. I mean, that's just so much fun.
0: Well, speaking of over-the-top characters, let's uh, actually ping pongs us into the next question. You're also star in this uh, show on Four Kids, Tai Chi Chasers. And no, that's not something you get with a shot of scotch at your local Hong Kong tavern. It's like, oh, the scotch the Tai Chi Chaser. (laughs) And you play Rai, which is, I guess, the star of the show. What's it like to voice him, and uh, how is the show coming along production-wise?
1: I can't speak about that contractually. Uh,
0: Mom's the the word.
1: the question. Mom's the word. Uh, I wish I could, but I can't. Uh,
0: Well, what's it like working on the show with all these great voice actors, including Veronica Taylor, who was on our show last September?
1: Well, I wish I got to see them more often. Um, You know, most of the dubbing takes place uh, with the director, the engineer, maybe a producer occasionally, and one voice actor at a time. I do get to run into them. You know, I've gone to production parties with a lot of them, and I have personal friendships with all of them, pretty much. There's nobody that I can say I dislike or would not want to spend more time with. Um, Veronica is a a gem of a person. Not only is she extremely talented, extremely um, bright, um, she's also super kind and classy. She's just a class act. I mean, she's just classy. She's a classy woman and uh she has a beautiful daughter who's also extremely classy and sweet. And um <clears throat> yeah, I mean she was like a huge deal. And uh I feel very lucky to work with people like her and people like people with uh like Tom Wayland and Eileen Stevens and Ted Lewis and Jason Griffiths, Lisa Ortiz, uh, Mark DeRaison, and uh, and it's funny, I'm realizing a lot of people don't know all the stuff that Mark Thompson does. Do you know who Mark Thompson is?
0: Oh, gosh, that name is is ringing a bell. Don
1: Ha, he plays Don Ha in, in Tai Chi Chasers. He is like a chameleon. He is unbelievable. He does so many voices on so many of the shows. And often he's mistaken for somebody else just because he, um, he's just brilliant at, at transformational acting. And he, I mean, he, he's phenomenal. He's one of the people that, you know, you want to call in if you got to do eight characters in one scene or something like that, you know. Um, and that's the kind of actor that I like to be um, and that I, uh, you know, am always aspiring to be, to be versatile uh, and be very very specific with my choices you know exactly who I am you know within you know doing scenes like doing scenes for Tai Chi Chasers I don't know if you know this but I also voice Camorca
0: Camorca 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 Community Young
1: yeah Sorry. Camorca has scenes with with uh, with uh Rye. but um, you know I didn't get to record them obviously at the same time like um uh, family guy yeah
0: we've gotten really confusing what did you say we've gotten really confusing and and you've been talking to yourself essentially
1: yes it may have been confusing but i actually would love to do that if somebody would you know say let's you know let's do it that way i would totally that's what i do when i read my kids children's books you know i just you know voice every character in the book at the same time and it's fun and it's exciting and I would love to be able to have that opportunity, but um, I don't even remember what the question was. Uh, that's right, that's right, uh, question, question. I got very long-winded there. Yeah, no, 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 that's totally
0: cool. That's, cool. that's the thing about my show, and it separates us from other voice <laughs> actor interviews. We give the voice actor the stage. It's not about me, it's not about John Pokemon, it's about <laughs> the guest. And you've got quite the story to tell with these array of characters I'm going through. You've got to, you've done a whole bunch. And of course, and for those who don't know, she's also Bianca in Pokemon Black and White Rival Destinies, which you guys can catch Saturday and Sunday mornings on Cartoon Network, which is an also a an also pretty good show. Because not only do you have her, you've got Eileen Stevens, you've got Sarah Natachini, you've got some great girls doing all these great voices, and if you're not tuning in to watch this, then you're missing her in great roles such as Ducklet and Duosian and Volvedi and uh, Caddy and Azelf. And, oh, gosh, man, you do a lot of these things. Yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many for me to count on one finger, by on one hand. And, and of course, my favorite, my favorite Pokemon role you've done is, of course, Fantina.
1: Oh yeah, I liked, I like, I like doing her. That was really hard to do a French accent that fast.
0: Oh, but hey, hey, oh. man, you you did pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty awesome.
1: Well, it's just uh, the French accent is generally uh, slow. It's a, it's you don't. Spanish people tend to speak fast, or you know, I mean, that, that's. That's a generalization, but to do a French accent quickly was really hard just because of all the rolling that you have to do. So it's much easier for a native speaker. Well,
0: well, uh, we won't ask you to do it. We're not going to have you tongue-tie yourself here. That would be a disaster that I could not live with. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, moving on, um, do you have a favorite role you've done? And I know this is going to be a tough question, but do you have a role that you just like above all else?
1: I don't know. I have soft spots for certain characters, certain people. Uh, of course, I have a soft spot for Luffy. I have a huge soft spot for Luffy. Um,
0: well, don't give it up, Erica. Dreaming. Don't give it up. Dreaming. <laughs> that, that's another like. thing. That theme song is just catchy. You know, I, I know Vic Miana sang the Funimation one, but that dreaming, don't give it up, Luffy. Nah, nah. You know. It's the name of the treasure in the Grand Line. Well, the
1: guys who worked there sang that. Yeah. Sean.
0: And it's just, yeah, some catchy stuff there. You know, four kids shows maybe criticized for their dubbing, but they got some uh, catchy songs there. I think so. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, I love the Five-Eater. Going fast makes me feel alive. My heart beats. In after drive, then a something something loose, just let this What do you think of the Tai Chi Chaser scene? Do you like that one? I, 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 I like, like it like too. It. I, I like that one too. It got a little bit of a techno feel. Like I said, all the scotch with the Tai Chi Chaser. That just sounds like something you get with a drink. It does. <laughs> I know that you also do a lot of theater as well, so are there any productions that you're in that you can tell us about?
1: Well, I'm not in any productions right now, but. I leave tomorrow This is really crazy Hectic time I'm so glad that we Finally got to Have this interview Because we've been Kind of uh, I don't know Flirting on Facebook About it for Angry burden What? Six to twelve months now It's been uh, A long time coming But um, And we're getting it In just in time Before I leave town I am going to do A show called My mother's Lesbian Jewish Wiccan wedding Which is a fairly new show Still kind of being developed um, And it's always awesome to get in on the ground level Of a show uh, Because then you can really uh, Help develop it and put your mark on it And you don't have to be adhering To someone else's previous performance Um, And that's going to be At the inaugural season Of the Finger Lakes Musical Theater Festival In Auburn, New York um, uh, Produced by the Merry go round Playhouse And uh, That'll be, I think it's opening July fifth and closing closing uh, July twenty eighth, I believe.
0: Well, so, if, if, if any of our of your fans are in the area, go and check it out. Right. So it's so it's it's my mother's
1: uh, lesbian,
0: lesbian, Jewish, Jewish Wiccan wedding. Wiccan
1: wedding. I play the Wiccan lesbian.
0: Say.
1: Yes, maybe like a Kiza mixed with. Rosie O'Donnell. I'm just kidding. I'm literally pictured it. I'm just joking. It's no. A, no, she's a much oh, more appealing her, character than that. <laughs> oh oh no, God. She's very. Uh, it's the character's wonderful. She's it, actually it's a true story, and the the guy who wrote the show um, will be in the show playing himself. So it's going to be a totally different experience for me. I've never, ha- I've never been in a show with a writer before. I've never been in a show with the person who it happened to before. So it's kind of exciting.
0: Ugh. I'm sorry, that, 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 that middle image, that middle image. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I think I lost sight in my right eye. Oh, my gosh. I knew I knew you'd like it. Oh, gosh, gosh. Show, show me the jelly bean from Do Re Me. I didn't see that. That's better. Oh, gosh. Gosh, yeah, yeah, again referring to the, no. all right, I'm fine, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, don't worry about me. Uh, anyway, do you have any advice for those who want to get into oh. the voice acting industry because we come out of the College Conservatory of Music here at Cincinnati University, here here at the University Oh, of I Cincinnati.
1: worked at Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park, by the way. No, oh, man, every,
0: you worked there, Kristen Freeman worked there, Fonzie worked love there. I that
1: place. Can I tell you?
0: Please tell Please,
1: it's please tell it It's freaking amazing. If, you, if, if listeners have not gone to see a show there, you're crazy. It won the Tony the, the year that I was there. And, you know, part of the, that Tony Award was seeing the production that I was in that year, um, Hiding Behind Comets by Brian Dykstra. Um, That was one of the few plays I've done regionally. Uh, it was not a musical. It, it was about uh, Jim Jones and uh, Kool-Aid but um you can look that up people if you don't know what that is. But uh that, that theater is amazing. They do incredible incredible work. They are so professional. And all the actors there come from New York. We you know, they're all Broadway off-Broadway actors, you know, um professionals that they, you know, audition in New York and just like any good regional theater around the country, um you're going to see the cream of the crop and you should totally get you know a subscription and and just go see a whole season of stuff there. And as far as advice to uh young actors, uh I, w- I would give a a couple of a couple of things. I mean there's different sides to the business. Know the business side. Um that's really really important. Uh and definitely do a demo or, you know, develop your characters. If I mean I'm talking if if they're going to be going into, you know, um anime acting or or um cartoon acting or anything like that, um, that that's the specific advice I'll give now. And uh like you could go to Edge Studios and get some coaching there, do a do a demo there, or you can go to Tom Whelan, the director of Pokemon. He's amazing. Does amazing demos for people. Um and then what an invaluable experience to work with the director. Right there, you have like this amazing contact, which could really help. Um, I really don't know how to tell you how to get a hold of him, but I'm sure if you tried hard enough, you could. And um, also, the most important thing is, it's is not just a voice. It's not just creating a voice, but it's creating a life behind that voice. And um, you can't you can't really become a really good voice actor, I think, without some formal training, Uh, I shouldn't say formal training. I should say without some training in in acting itself. It doesn't have to be specifically voice acting. A lot of voice actors are also musical theater performers or straight play theater performers. Some of them are not. But they, I'd say 95% of them, you know, went to school for it, studied it, um, learned, you know, everything they could, soaked up everything they could and And the last point of my advice would be to make bold choices. Make specific choices. Don't be wishy-washy about, you know, if you have three different ideas of the character, like I said, do three different takes. Don't try and, you know, put together conflicting ideas. Uh, Obviously, they have... Characters are multi-dimensional, and you can add layer upon layer upon layer. Um, but you know, if you feel like you, these two ideas that you have are conflicting, make them two separate ideas. And uh, yeah, the, most of the success that I've had in theater acting and in voiceover acting is by um, being very excited about the choice I've made and, and looking at it as an opportunity to perform, as well as an, as an opportunity to audition. Because if you don't, if you're not entertaining, the person you know beyond the glass or beyond the table then then you're not you you, you won't get the part (laughs) and if you're not entertaining yourself you won't get the part so look at it as an opportunity to perform and be excited about it and make bold choices there you have it
0: yeah bold choices and if not that you can get a radio show like i do True. That's always a good thing. Okay. okay. Well, before we go, we've got a few listener questions, and we'll just get into those right now. Our first one's from Matthew Knight. I noticed some cosplayers on your fan page at uh, facebook.com forward slash erica schroeder. We'll post a link on our Facebook page and our all website. What do you think of them? And also, if you could pick any of your characters to cosplay, who would it be?
1: Okay. Um, good question. Uh, I've seen an Akiza Cosplayer on there that um, one of my fans, Adam, has posted many pictures of. I think he would love to uh, kiss her. But um, <laughs> don't hate me for that, Adam. <laughs> but uh, she is uh, beautiful. She's uh, beautiful. She's done an, uh, an amazing job. I mean, I didn't even know about cosplaying, I have to be honest, until I opened this Facebook page. I'm just, this whole world is very new to me. So, um, I thought she w- looks just like the character. Her facial expression looks like the character. I think she did an amazing job. I'm blanking on her name right now. I'm so sorry.
0: Um, oh, yeah, let me find. I, 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 let me go over here. Yeah,
1: and um, okay. if I had to cosplay one, oh, goodness. <laughs> um, we'll probably be Akiza or Emma Frost.
0: For those who don't know, she was Emma Frost in the moving comic book, Astonishing X-Men, which was awesome, by the way.
1: Thank you.
0: I'm not a big fan of comic books, but, you know, doing moving comics like that, that's actually a unique concept, because the animation is like a comic book, but it's, it's not really, you know, over the top. It's not like three, six, 360 degree. It's, it's, it's flat, but it moves, and it has this unique feel that just can't be described by my voice.
1: It's very cool. It's it was very cool working on that, especially you know knowing that Joss Whedon wrote it, and uh, yeah, I mean that that was a very cool experience. Mm-hmm. Totally different than uh, other kinds of dubbing. It's
0: know? it's so cool that you get to do all these cool these different you know different. Varieties of voicing, you know, whether it's doing the theater, whether it's doing anime, whether it's doing the the astonishing X Men comic, you're getting these world experiences, and, and the thing is, you're just starting. So hopefully, hopefully, when when we all when we're old, you'll uh, we'll, we'll have like a thousand additional credits to your name. Uh, you'll have starred in in five different other ser- five like five hundred other series, maybe a 500? couple of anime movies. <laughs> You know, maybe you'll be over nine thousand serious wise, but um, it's it's really cool that you get to do this stuff, and that's why I had to have you on my show, because sure we've had Veronica Taylor and Vic Mignogna and all these big names, but it's these it's characters like Akiza and 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 Mai and the Dark Magician Girl that you know that are really cool. They're they're really badass female characters and. I love I love to to get these kind of people on my show. It's not easy, but hey, if it makes my fans happy and I can get a kick out of it and a high like I got right now, then it's going to be more than worth it.
1: It's been a complete pleasure.
0: All right, one more question, and, and, oh, this, and this is kind of important. Adam okay. Fisher asks, "Are you a faith shipper?" By Perry, by that she means pairing Yusei and Akiza as a couple.
1: Just those two in particular.
0: Wait, there are others. Uh, I, I
1: have well, no idea. I didn't know if that term applies to just those two, or if that is, applies to other putting other pairs together.
0: I, I don't know, Erica. I'm not a big shipper. I'm more of a handler. Am I a fan? Shit, no shipping and handle. I'm more of a shipping and handling kind of guy. <laughs> I um,
1: am I, my I fan as in like, do I like that pairing? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. I mean. Yeah. I mean. I think. Everybody could see the, the the chemistry the characters have in the series, and uh, I think everybody is hoping that you know that they would get together and uh, yeah, I mean they're adorable together. Of course, why not?
0: Well, they should, you know that they should they should push it. I, I I know that you're continuing to do Akiza. You actually just voiced her for the uh, there's a thing called the dual terminal, and and, and there are none in Cincinnati. I'm like. WTF, and it's this um, it's like a video game, and you can take your your oh deck and scan it, and then you can pick an opponent, and of course one of them is Akiza, and when you pick a she actually says stuff during the duel, and it and that's pretty cool because you it actually feel like you're dueling a which is kind of something I've wanted to do for a while. <laughs> anyway, it's been oh gosh, I wow, it's been like two hoots in a sock full of yellsa talking to you, Erica, and you guys can hopefully catch her this fall. When Tai Chi Chasers return, catch her this Saturday on the original and possibly the best. Yu Gi Oh as Mana and the Dark Magician Girl, Erica. I gotta thank you so much for being on the show and and for doing all these awesome characters. And hopefully down the road we can have you on and we can do a a more thorough and MW view. I know you're getting ready to head out on the road and travel to my big fat mother's lesbian Wiccan fat Greek uh, Pokemon anime wedding. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. If you're in the area, check out Erica's my big no, I'm sorry, my mother's lesbian, lesbian Wicked, Jewish, Jewish wiccan Wicked wedding. wedding, and we'll have a link to all that on our All-Star Explosion page. Erica, thank, thank you so Dennis. much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And until next time, boys and girls, this is the Nathaniel Show saying, "Hey, look a black rose." Ow! Pricked my finger.